Wish you were in early on some of the best performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in Memic, a much needed innovation in the rapidly growing multi billion dollar robotic surgery market. Memic is reporting that their tiny robotics allow surgeons to be less invasive and safely perform surgeries so patients heal faster and have less scarring. You can get in early on Memic and other unique opportunities at OurCrowd.com slash VeloNews. If you're interested in investing, you need to join OurCrowd. The OurCrowd account is free. Just go to OurCrowd.com slash VeloNews. Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News tech podcast. And today I am joined by the one and only senior editor, Betsy Welch, who has rejoined us. Uh, she has emerged from the forests of Colorado uh, from her, her trip on the Colorado Trail. Uh, if you recall, if you've been listening for a while, you know that uh, Betsy went out into the wild uh, on a Colorado Trail because we did a podcast episode about it. And now you're back, a changed woman. <laughs> Betsy, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I think I'm finally emerging from the fog, the post um, the post epic adventure fog. Yeah. It's been, it's been almost three weeks. It'll be three weeks in two days. So yeah. finally feeling normal. Um, probably still eating to excess. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's what like eleven days of basically um, goldfish crackers yeah. will do to you. Are you ready? You're ready to go back into the woods? I assume at this point. Totally. Yeah. In fact, there are very few things that are as hard as the CT. Um, where even during it, I was like, I can't wait to do this again. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's sickening. But also (laughs) (laughs) admirable. No, that's, that's how I used to do a 24 hour races. I'd be like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And then I'd get to the end and be like, I can't wait to sign up for another one, which I don't know what that says about us exactly. But, um, so on our last episode, when we talked about, uh, your, your gear choices for the, uh, epic adventure that you went up, went on, uh, we, you know, we talked all about the things that you were choosing to bring with you and, and why, now you've you're on the other side. You're in the future from our last episode, and uh, you know how things went. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to catch up with you today to talk about uh, you know what what gear ended up being vital, what you probably could have left at home, what you would do differently. Um, so for those of you at home, you have a, a quick homework assignment is to go back and listen to the previous <laughs> episode first, so you, you have context here. Um, but you know, first of all, give us a quick recap. How'd it go? What, what was awesome? What was not so awesome? Give us a, a rundown of the week. Or how long, wait, how many days were you gone, first of all? It ended up being 11 days. 11 days, a long yeah. time in the woods. Yep. Um, which, when my friend and I sort of set our goal, we thought 10 days was reasonable and would be relaxing. Mm. Um, and in retrospect, that's still a pretty fast pace and doesn't necessarily allow for a lot of error. Mm. Um, so anyway, I can talk more about the next time I do it and, yeah. and what the idea would be. But um, how many how many miles was that in 11 days, by the way? It's just under 550. Ouchie. And it's like 73,000 feet of climbing. Wow, man. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's that is a that is not a lot of time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
you're just pedaling and yeah. pedaling and pedaling and yeah. pedaling. And um, there is some really great flow, yeah. but uh, it just never lasted long enough yeah, before yeah. you'd be going up again. Was there a lot of hike a bike? There was, but not as much as I anticipated, which mm -hmm. was quite a pleasant surprise. Um, I had heard like maybe a hundred miles of hike a bike. Oh my God. But definitely not. I'd yeah. say under 50. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not, that's not terrible. I mean, that's no. a lot of hiking. Let's yeah. not be, <laughs> let's be honest about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With a loaded bike. Yeah. Um, it's never that fun, but. Did you get snowed on? We did. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing like this last storm we had. We just, one night woke up. Um, it sounded like it was pouring rain and I think it kind of was, but it, at some point it froze. So mm -hmm. we woke up. Um, to like frosty, you know, crinkly, snowy, mm -hmm. everything. But the next, the days after that were beautiful. So it melted really quickly. Yeah. And, but it was a great opportunity to wear every single piece <laughs> of clothing. Probably at the same time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and for those of you listening who are not Coloradans, you should know that, uh, Betsy did this in the end of August. So, uh, be aware that even in the summer here in Colorado, it can snow. In fact, it snowed. Down here in uh, Boulder, Denver, uh, that that storm, I believe. So yeah, you, you never know what the weather here in Colorado. Don't uh, don't assume because it's summer that you won't see snowflakes. Um, but let's uh, let's let's talk about beginning to end. So you um, you started the trip, and you know obviously it's just a lot of pedaling, and so your initial gear impressions are mostly just like, thank God I'm out on my bike and pedaling and pushing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I imagine that that narrative changes slightly as the days go on. Um, so talk about, um, let's talk about some of the winners of your, uh, your tech, your gear choices. Uh, what were some of the things that were indispensable for you? Um, well, I hate to be boring, but I think I did a really good job. I mean, I can't, I can think of maybe a few things that I'm like, eh, maybe I'd do that differently, but overall I'm so pleased with everything. I mean, I guess I'll start with the bike itself. Um, there's always a little bit of banter about what bike to take on the Colorado trail. Do you want a full suspension mountain bike or a hardtail? And I told you guys that I was taking a hardtail, um, mainly because then you can have a bigger frame bag. And I was so happy with my spot rocker, um, hardtail 29er, um, all loaded down. It, 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 um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think the bike rides better all loaded down because <laughs> when I got home and took all the bags off, I rode it and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> so really happy with that bike. There are, um, I think there's probably about 150 miles of road, um, because the Colorado trail goes through five wilderness areas. Um, mountain bikers have to detour and one of those detours comes on like the first or second day and it's it's 73 miles of gravel and um road so uh, we had a friend on a full suspension bike and she definitely struggled on those road sections so i was really happy with my bike choice all around um and then in terms of bags i um was also super happy everything held up mostly i did have um by the end, my seat post bag was kind of falling apart, and we can talk about that. That seems to be the one bag that I haven't found something that nails it, and the Colorado Trail is so rough. Mm. I mean, it's just like, it, it. and so I, I don't really fault the bag, I don't think. It's just like, what can hold up? Um, but huge props to Revelate um, 
for making bomber bags, um, especially the handlebar bag that I use, which is the pronghorn. Super easy to use, stays really, um, doesn't move around, which is huge. And then they have like a lot of great uh, accessory bags that I ended up borrowing from a friend um, that I will be purchasing. And then last bag shout out is to my frame bag maker buddy um, Joe Tonsiger in Denver who makes J-Packs um, he made my frame bag and I gotta say zippers like <laughs> zippers are tantamount you have to be able to really like ratchet, ratchet on those zippers and pull them pull them um, closed when, you're, when your bag is bulging with snacks and stuff and yeah. So my frame bag was a bomber. Yeah. I think they could make a horror movie for bike, bicycle bike packers. And it's just like the bed, the, the monster <laughs> is a zipper at the yeah. end. Like, totally. <laughs> it's like, like the Blair Witch Project. You're pulling the zipper and it just comes off in yeah. your hand. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's step back to the bike. Um, so with your, with your hardtail, um, what, what tires did you choose? Cause that, that to me is like, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, um, what do you do? How do you choose? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna encounter so many different uh, types of terrain. What, what did you choose for your tires? Oh, you're al- you're always outing me. You're fr- you're frantically googling <laughs> right now. Did you forget? No, I didn't forget, <laughs> but um, I cannot tell a lie. So I had done a little research, <clears throat> and um, the Maxxis Recon had been pretty recommended as like a a good, you know, fast rolling but like aggressive enough tire. Um, and that was my plan, to be honest, run those front and back like a 2.4, but I ran out of time. And so um, here at Velo News headquarters, I found some Pirelli tires that were very similar in tread pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I can't remember the exact, um, like, a different one in the front and the rear. Yeah, there's there's different types of um, compounds. So like they're soft and medium. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The rear looked, I mean, it was like identical to yeah. a recon. Yeah. Um, and they were great. They, I, I mean, there was like maybe one or two times in some super loose, like chunky, crappy trail that I might have slid out. But mm-hmm. I don't blame the tires. And not a, nary a puncture. Hmm. Nor did I ever put air in my tire. <laughs> and I, I don't I don't know if it's a good thing or a right. bad thing, but I will just say that, oh my God, like they held yeah. air at a perfect pressure. And you were running tubeless, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say that's... Carried two heavy ass tubes that whole way that I <laughs> never had to touch. Never had to touch them. Yep. Uh, well, hey, that's that's good, right? That is that's good. that's awesome, in fact. Uh, I'm a little mystified that you never had to put I know. air in your what? Tires. what what does that did you just lose weight over the course of like eating goldfish for 11 days that's possible yeah yeah did you run cush core or anything like that any liners no 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 um because there's some chunky terrain at some point totally i mean there were spots where i was like one of us is is gonna get a puncture get a puncture here rip a sidewall and neither neither of us did Mm -hmm. um which is actually incredible nary a mechanical Hmm. i mean 
This is this is boring, Betsy. <laughs> I told you it was boring. I. I Let's make up some drama. I'm trying to think of some drama. <laughs> you need to be less prepared next time. You got to take you got to take the Dan Cavallari uh, course of bike bikepacking where you're just completely unprepared, and then things happen. <laughs> that is such a dude approach, right? Yeah. yeah, I know that is the most dude thing I do. Is um, all right. So tires, you were on Pirelli. Uh, the bike uh, was a spot rocker, so you were on a hardtail. Uh, did you run the bike pretty much stock? I mean, did you change saddle or anything like that? Hand uh, grips or anything like that? hand grips? What other kind of grips do you have? Uh, grips. <laughs> um, did you run anything different or did you just run it stock? Yeah, no, I did. I actually changed the wheels. Normally I, that bike, um, the wheels I have are 27.5, um, that have, that I have like 2.8 plus tires on, but I swapped for 29 inch, um, wheels and I, I took the Revel the carbon wheels from Revel mm -hmm. here in Colorado okay. off of my uh, mountain bike. Cool. Yeah, so that was really fun, and that was great. Um, and then for saddle and grips, mm -hmm. I have Ergon. Mm -hmm. um, oh, God. Logan's going to kill me. <laughs> um, the SM, I think the saddle is a, we can, I don't know. We it's, can. A, it's a women-specific Ergon saddle also incredible nary a complaint nary a saddle sore nary, nary. actually that's not true yeah. um but <laughs> and then the grips i will look them up as we're chatting did you, i get i mean the most important question is did you wear jorts the whole time <laughs> i opted not to wear jorts Ugh. because they would have been just like so filthy yeah but i did wear the same pair of shorts the entire trip also filthy <laughs> yes but they were black so it's yeah, like doesn't look quite as gnarly yeah did you like wash in, in rivers and things like that? Yeah, but not as much as we thought. Um, people have asked like, oh, did you swim in lakes? And it's kind of interesting. The CT, of course, we passed a lot of lakes, but um, there wasn't like a lot of lake um, action. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's maybe because, you know, like I said, that 150 miles of wilderness detour. I'm sure the hikers see a lot more lakes, but mm -hmm. but yeah, there were there were some occasional um, scrub ups in rivers. Cool. Yeah. And and did you bring like uh, you know soap or anything like that? I mean, get into the the, the <laughs> details of what was packed in these wonderful bags that you have. Yeah, I did bring a little a little um, jar of Dr. Bronner's mm -hmm. like all purpose soap, but yeah. I don't know. There's something about I, I think. That, the dryness of the Colorado air and, and, and also your, the human body. I think once you're like so filthy, your body <laughs> starts to sort of compensate. Yeah. You know, I was amazed that my hair wasn't greasy. And I think if you're, maybe your hair gets so greasy that then, that then your scalp sort of starts to pr pr produce the oils that counteract the greasiness. <laughs> I really believe in things like this. Um, but, uh, but the Bronner's was, nice yeah. i guess to like sort of wash my face mm -hmm. um wash my legs off mm -hmm. um let me tell you as a dude you don't go from dirty 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 right to back around to clean it's just it's a continuum uh, of dirty. You, you you'll have to see for yourself i don't know i've been pretty stinky <laughs> <laughs> um but it it was also only the first few days were really hot mm -hmm. um we left denver it was God, it was in the 90s and it was smoky and awful and then it cooled off quite a bit so that helped in today's market most of us don't have access to invest early in the private companies that create big returns with our crowd you get access to invest early in highly vetted deals on pre-ipo companies alongside professional venture capitalists companies like memic 
that's innovating in the multi-billion dollar robotic surgery market. You can get in early on Mimic and other opportunities at OurCrowd.com slash VeloNews. Your OurCrowd account is free. Just go to O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash VeloNews. Uh, all right, so we, we, we've kind of run through the, the bike, uh, unless we're, we're missing anything that was add-on that uh, you would like to, to mention as a... Uh, a savior or a, a villain in your horror movie? Well, we pedals are a big thing, mm-hmm. and I I opted for flat pedals. Um, oh, and, yeah, and, and, and running shoes, right? I, I actually use some approach shoes, mm-hmm. like climbing approach shoes. Um, so 510, so with that, like, sticky rubber yeah. bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my friend was on, was riding, like, actual um, flat um, cycling shoes, and she loved her choice, too. But I was happy with mine for the hiking, and um, I would say, I think I would say I would do flats again, unless I was racing it, mm. and then maybe some like really awesome, comfortable clipless shoes. But when you are hiking, it's usually pretty brutal, and so having like a more of a real shoe, yeah, yeah, was helpful. And just flats, beca- pedals, because you're you're so often like ramming into stuff and yeah. just like off and on and off and on. That um, I think it was it would I think clipping in and out would have become really tiresome. Yeah, kind of a pain. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and they make great mountain bike shoes that are clipless with a flat sole, but then you got your cleat clicking on everything. Yeah. And it's not quite. It's not a pleasant experience to hike for a long period of time in them. Right. Um, so it just it just makes sense to. I mean, the way I always see it with things like this is like tailor the experience to your weaknesses and for me mm-hmm. the hiking part of it would be very unpleasant so mm-hmm. i'd want to compensate for that yeah 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 um i will say one more thing about the bike i um my bike has a dropper on it and i again like this was just sort of like last minute scramble i was gonna put um a regular post on and i didn't so i went with the dropper knowing that i wouldn't really be able to use it but i kind of figured out that even with my seat post bag i could I could drop it like an inch, mm-hmm. um, but you know, as the bag wears and I don't know what happens, I ended up not being able to use it. And um, I so for future trips, mm-hmm. I would definitely swap it out. And ditch the ditch the dropper. Ditch the dropper. Yeah. yeah, unless you know you're really tall and yeah. you have plenty of. Sure. Were there? I mean, were there a lot of gnarly descents where it would have been a benefit anyway? Yeah. But it's like, it turns into sort of survival riding out there, and yeah. you're not thinking like, oh, I wish I had a dropper. You're just <laughs> sort of, you're so focused on getting through it, yeah. and you yeah. just become really used to this right. heavy bike. And right. and let's, let's, lest we forget, I mean, there wasn't, uh, there was a time of mountain biking before dropper <laughs> posts. <laughs> lest we, and it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, not really at all, actually. I mean, I... Yeah, I, 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 it wasn't that long ago I was riding hardtail mountain bikes with, you know, without a dropper post. They'll be back, and, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're probably already here. Yeah, we're we're right. probably already off the back. <laughs> um, so I know in the last episode you talked, you said you were only bringing one pair of shorts and, you know, very minimalist uh, outfit. Uh, and it snowed while you were out there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your experience with the clothing. Uh, what, what was a winner? What was a loser? And... How did you manage uh, your your clothing uh, over the course of eleven days? Um, yeah, I still went with one of everything except I had 
two pairs of socks, one for riding and one for camp, which really means I had one pair of socks. And I'm going to give a shout out here to Seven Mesh. Uh, those were the socks I chose. And um, I was telling my friend, I wouldn't normally write a sock review because what right. do you say about socks? But I mean, these socks, they didn't stink. They didn't yeah. look gross. Uh, they didn't stretch out. Yeah. So I was really happy with those pink Seven Mesh socks. Um, and I also had two pairs of gloves, like a riding glove and a warmer glove. But yeah, otherwise, um, my approach shoes, my Patagonia baggies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had two riding shirts. Um, I, I had a tank top and like a really thin um, Patagonia capeline top. Mm-hmm. And then um, long underwear and long underwear top mm-hmm. for camp. A puffy coat for camp. And then a pair of rain pants and a rain jacket mm-hmm. and a buff and a hat. That's that's pretty that's m- it. pretty minimalist. And you know, my my younger brother used to be a um, a touring musician, uh, and he was a guitarist, and he was in this heavy metal band. And they you know they had like sponsored clothes they had to wear every night, and he had this T-shirt that he had sweat in for days on end and I, I went to see him play in Denver and he he showed me the shirt that he had to wear and he's like watch this and he he like literally stood it up because it was so hard from all Ugh. the sweat and nastiness <laughs> so when you when you mention your socks that's what I'm envisioning like you, no. your socks could walk by themselves <laughs> like, I'm telling you <laughs> that they I don't know that I ever like brought them up to my nose to smell them but um no, I mean, the system is you get to camp and you pretty much immediately take everything off that you've been riding in mm-hmm. um, and then hang it on the bike, hang it in trees, try and get it fairly dry for the next day. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I, I didn't even wash my socks. I think the bigger fear is things being wet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I didn't want to risk like having wet stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So every night I would... Um, take everything like off the bike or out of the trees mm-hmm. and put it in my um stuff sack and mm-hmm. bring it in the tent okay now the uh the time it snowed i mean you you all you had was shorts right you didn't have long pants i had no i did i had oh, long did. johns oh long johns that's right and uh rain pants okay so you were you were well prepared for adverse conditions yeah and it it was funny we were joking like <laughs> getting wearing the full rain pants raincoat like it's like we have we have arrived. We are through through bikers, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you see pictures of hikers with their like. I mean, they got ponchos and like hats and yeah. stuff. So yeah. this is actually a picture of that day. Um, oh, you look so cozy. You're wearing yeah. every everything. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's more. Cl- I mean, honestly, like when I think about your minimalist experience, I'm like, I'm picturing like a tank top and shorts, and like you're freezing in the snow. But this is actually you're you're pretty well. Yeah, you're pretty well packed here. I mean, you you've got the jacket, you've got the pants. The uh, rain pants are are clutch, and um, a shout out to trail running um, because bikepacking could take some cues from trail running. My rain pants are from Ultimate Directions, um, you know, marketed towards trail runners. They they fold up into this tiny pocket that's like the size of a, I don't know, like a tennis ball, um, weigh nothing. And then also my jacket, which was amazing, is from Gore. It's that shake dry technology. That is awesome. The best, I think, the yeah. absolute, hands down the best jacket you can buy. And I was wearing that, you know, I didn't bring like a wind layer. That was my rain and wind. And same thing, folded up into the tiniest little mm-hmm. satchel and that fit on my frame bag. Um, 
Yeah, and just about that jacket. I mean, one of the things about those shake dry jackets is they're friggin' expensive. Yep. But I mean, honestly, it's worth every penny. I mean, like it. It's a rain layer. It's it's warmth. It's breathable. I mean, it it just it does everything. It delivers actually, and all the promises that everybody's like, oh yeah, our thing does this, and it like sort of does that. Um, the shake dry, like it, it is probably the one piece of gear. I, I cannot do without and would actually pay yeah. happily for, for for what they're asking. I mean, it's just that good. Yeah, I was impressed with it, um, especially because, I don't know, I it's a pain to put something on and then take it off and then put it on. And I really found that with that, I could ride in it for a while. I mean, it breathes. It definitely breathes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's like any other jacket. I mean, it's got its limitations at some point, yep. but I feel like its limitations are much... Yeah. wider than than most uh, garments that you can buy. So yeah, I think I think that one's that one deserves accolades. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and we've and we've given it quite a few. So <laughs> I guess I could shut up now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 interesting. That um, you know, bike packing itself as it as it's defined as bike pack. I mean, people have been bike packing forever, but right. but as as a thing, like as a bike packing in quotes. I mean, it's it's still a, a relatively young sport as it were. And so it's still taking cues from other, other sports that have been around longer. And so I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, the, the pants in particular were, you know, from the ultra running uh, world. And I, and I think that's, you know, as bike packers or as want to be, want to be bike packers. I mean, that's important. You remember that people have come before us. They have done this before. Um, so don't be afraid to look outside of the industry for, for solutions if you have to. Um, I, I see. So you, for those of you listening, you don't have the benefit of having Betsy's laptop in front of you like I do. Um, but uh, the next photo here is all about food. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk cooking. Let's talk food. Let's talk about the experience of eating goldfish every day for 11 days straight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's another thing about bike packing um, and bike touring. Like you said, I mean, you can you can go as luxurious or as light as you want and I think because the Colorado Trail it is, it's so rough, like it's so hard on your bike and your gear and you don't have a ton of space. Um, you do, well, we did end up eating kind of, um, I don't know, poorly. I mean, it, it, you just kind of have to get by on what's available mm-hmm. unless you've like planned ahead and sent yourself food or, or done something like that, which we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of trail mix with added goldfish and (laughs) M&Ms. Um, to be honest, I don't know why. I think it's that combo of salty and sweet, but that was like my favorite. Your savior. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause just, you know, bars, you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't eat that many bars, but we always had bars, emergency food. And then, um, the other savior food is frozen burritos. Yeah. 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 You just buy them frozen. And then uh, they just defrost as the day goes on. And mm-hmm. again, that's like a way to get away from the sweetness of all the sport food. Yeah. Um, a lot of ramen for dinner. We kind of became ramen connoisseurs. You <laughs> you learn that there's more brands out there of cheap ramen than just top ramen. Yeah. And uh, which ones have the most calories? Which ones come with like little packets of sesame Whoa. oil? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you guys really did go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> The ramen rabbit hole. <laughs> if we were feeling real fancy, we'd add a packet of tuna fish. Whoa, um, look out. Yeah, oatmeal in the morning. Mm, let's see. I mean, it was, the food was like, and I'm, I love food, but when I go into, when I go bikepacking, I kind of like go into it knowing that 
this is why I eat well 98% of the time because this 2% is yeah. just going to be survival eating. Yeah. That's what I've always struggled with. I mean, when I was younger, I used to do some backpacking and that was always the worst part of it for me. It was like, man, day one, oatmeal and ramen. Okay. Day two, oatmeal and ramen. <laughs> right. I was like, no, 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 right. <laughs> we're not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, I was backpacking on the Appalachian Trail and we, and we ran into a guy who would, he told us that he was, by the end of his through hike, he was doing like Slim Jims in his oatmeal just to like change the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, we asked, we'd pass hi- through hikers and be like, what do you guys eat? And yeah. surprisingly, it was similar, you know, peanut butter tortillas, yeah. tuna, ramen. Yeah. But um, one more kind of gear and food thing. We we decided to bring a jet boil and that was like a game day decision. Mm. Stove versus jet boil. Mm-hmm. Um, the jet boil is bigger and bulkier and more of a pain to pack. But it was amazing yeah. to have water that quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it allowed us to eat more hot food than maybe we would have mm-hmm. um every every evening we'd have like a big huge pot of hot tea and that mm-hmm. was really nice treat did you guys pass through any towns and stop to eat in any of the towns yeah we did um they all kind of come at the beginning but um we had food in leadville um buena vista um you could eat at mount princeton hot springs but we didn't mm-hmm. and then maybe we didn't have food until silverton mm. Um, but yeah, you got to strike while that iron's hot. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah. I, I think you would be hard pressed to pull me out of town after a meal like that. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about going to towns. You get so excited yeah. and then you get there and then you're all of a sudden like really anxious. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Get me like, out of here. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta hurry. <laughs> we gotta go because yeah, it's, you could easily get sucked in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that would definitely be the hardest part for me. And you know, I, the mental fortitude it takes to do this trip in general, you know, you don't want to give yourself any, any outs. <laughs> yeah. So beer, when you pass through these towns is a bad idea. Yeah, Cause yeah. then you're just, <laughs> your will yeah. slowly. Just one more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so diet is pretty not bland, but minimal, yeah. I guess you could say. So you pretty uninspiring, but yeah. you gotta, that's what you gotta do to save the weight and all that. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, weight, space. Um, again, like, you know, we could have been more creative with dehydrated vegetables and rice and, and things like that, but um, but it was okay. I mean, it's it's so temporary, right? Yeah, like, yeah. there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. And so. Yeah. What about things like tools? I mean, it sounds like you guys didn't have any mechanicals, but did you bring toolkits and things like that? Oh, man. If I... I I, th- I think my toolkit, like, it probably weighed, I don't know, six pounds. I had everything. Yeah. I mean, we had, and we also, you know, there were two of us. At, at times, there were three of us, but that's a that's another story. But we, we kind of all brought everything mm-hmm. rather than, like, relying on one person, which I think was good in the end. Um, but, I mean, yeah, multi-tool, needle-nose pliers, you know plugs, mm-hmm. chain links, um, you name it. Like, I think we, we were prepared mm-hmm. to, to use anything, but yeah. fortunately didn't have to. Oh, ski straps. Oh yeah. That was one thing that came in super handy. Mm-hmm. So when your frame, when your like bags fail, um, which like I said, it's so rough there want to do those like volley ski straps are super handy, especially the mega long ones. Mm-hmm. Like 
I, I don't know. They're yeah. they're really long. Two feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are those came in handy. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm going to totally gloss over the fact that you just mentioned a mysterious third person <laughs> and just assume that you guys killed him and buried him in the uh, mountains of Colorado and we'll never speak of this again. Uh. <laughs> I, I told you there were very, very few issues, but there was, we, we did start as three and, um, our buddy from New York, um, she just, she flew in the day before and wasn't acclimated at mm, all. Oh boy. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so she rode with us for the first four days and then bailed at Leadville, but joined us at the end oh, okay. for Silverton to Durango. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's hard. And I think that's a pretty often overlooked, uh, aspect of this trip is that if you are coming from sea level, your trip is going to be over before it starts. If you don't, uh, acclimate to the elevation and even, I mean, even Coloradans, I mean, you know, if you live, yeah. if you live in Denver, we're a mile high, but man, you're, you're going up passes that are 11,000 feet, you know. It, it's a different world, man. Uh, and it can, it can put the hurt on you real fast. And especially yep. in the back country, that is not something you want to happen to you. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, that felt like it was, we, luckily we all agreed and it just felt kind of unsafe to carry on. And, you know, it's interesting too, three people, two people, whatever, there's going to be dynamic and there's people have different expectations. And, you know, for my part, I felt really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gunning i mean i wanted to just ride like <laughs> that doesn't sound like you at all betsy I, i've never heard seen you like that before um, <laughs> but yeah you know balancing everybody's expectations and abilities um yeah and i will say too like this the stress of the colorado trail um both the physical and mental stress like cannot be underestimated it's it's really hard on your body it's really hard on your mind because you know, where's the water or what's the weather? I mean, we had no idea other than looking at the sky what the weather was. And yeah. it's not that we couldn't have checked our phones or like, you know, but um, you you do, you kind of, things get down to really basics and so your stresses are basic, but food, water, and and, and shelter are, are important yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shelter, what did you choose to bring for you? I know you said you had a tent, yeah? Yeah. What, uh, what, was, what was the setup? Um, we actually had a sweet tent from Big Agnes and it's, um, it's their lightest weight three person model. And, um, so like I said, we started as three. And then when, when Sophie left us, we kind of were like, well, should we, you know, should we swap it out in Leadville for a two person? Um, and we decided not to, and it was so awesome to have that space where we could, you know, drink tea or write or just, you know. I don't know, spread out a little bit inside. Um, and we divided it up. You know, one person would take the poles and the stakes and the other person would take the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes really nicely in that handlebar bag with your sleeping bag and sleeping pad. And mm-hmm. you just kind of forget about it. Yeah. I was, I'm actually pretty struck by the, uh, the tent thing because, you know, like I said, I mean, back in the day, it was for me, it was backpacking and, and I would carry a tent. And the tents were always heavy. Mm-hmm. And so you tried to get the smallest one you could because that's how you save the weight. But now, I mean, I've got this MSR tent um, and I took my family camping up at Rocky Mountain National Park last week. And it's a two-person tent, but the vestibule is massive. Yeah. And, and it's great because that meant all three of us can basically... I slept in the vestibule. Um, had a, <laughs> I had a mouse that kept climbing on my head in the middle of the night. <laughs> but, but otherwise, you know, it was pretty nice. Um, but, you know, this, this massive tent is probably lighter than my tiny backpacking two-person tent was, yeah. you know, 10 years ago. So you do get 
a little bit of a luxury in that sense, right? You get a little bit more room than you would have if you were doing this, this trip five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's like I said, you can you can do this stuff with the gear you have, but light is faster, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and if, you, if you're able to upgrade a few things, um, I think a lightweight tent and bag are nice, not just because they're lighter weight, but they help you then pack mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah, you yeah. have room to pack other stuff. Right, right. Um, what, what else about the, the experience? I mean, is there anything we're forgetting that was just like, absolutely cannot go bikepacking without this next time I do this trip? Um, was there any piece of gear that was like so vital to your experience, um, that you, you named it and, you know, (laughs) it now has a a bed in your home where you, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was, I was so happy with, with my bike, um, you know, I guess when you don't have a mechanical, you tend to be really happy. Oh, I mean, I don't know if this is is worth mentioning, but we we both had um, Eagle gearing, and occasionally we'd pass people. That's SRAM. SRAM, by the way. yes, and they'd be like, "Whoa!" Like, I wish. I wish I had that. I gear. wish my chain <laughs> ring was that big. Yeah, yeah. And that's huge. Yeah, because yeah. that's a ten fifty cassette. I mean, that's it's massive. Massive. And so. You know, the bailout gear helps, especially when your bike is loaded down. So definitely keep that in mind, especially in Colorado where the climbs can go on literally for days. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say I wouldn't do it without that gearing. Um, Ergon saddle, I mean, I can't speak highly enough. Um, I did, as we discussed few weeks ago go chamois um so sacrilege (laughs) that's a lot of saddle time with um i'm not gonna say i didn't get saddle sores i did get a little you know sort of more sensitive (laughs) by the end but i think honestly that was more like the grime of my shorts gross (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh there's there's an excellent um app if you are thinking about doing the Colorado trail and, um, it has, it's the maps. So there's, you know, elevation profile, mileage, et cetera, but it also has like user generated content. So people will update water sources, which actually is what I used it most for. Cause in late August it was, it was fairly dry. So there were a lot of seasonal streams and creeks that had dried up and people who'd gone before us would update and say like, no, no water, here or water but cows so move on to the next source um so that's a great resource and you can um yeah that's that's an app that's available what's do you know what the name of the app is? it's called gut hooks gut, that was that is unexpected <laughs> i know I, I know yeah that is not what i was expecting that name to be <laughs> but cool side story um a couple of years ago i wrote a story about the first person to bike pack the colorado trail at least who we think is and it was this guy from durango um named jerry brown in 91 come to find out that he is also a cartographer and he mapped it like he is responsible for all the mapping of of the Colorado Trail. So he's the one who um, he's part of this gut hooks app. Mm. So pretty cool. I don't know what it's like to be useful like that. That's incredible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> why, why, why didn't I go into yeah. cartography? Yeah. I mean, I've, ne- I've never been out there on the trail and been like, you know what? I should make a map of this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I just need a burrito. Just God. <laughs> uh, 
yeah thanks to amy's frozen burritos yeah if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) send more yeah (laughs) yeah nice uh, well, is there anything else before we, we're, we're coming up on the end of the show here. Is there anything else that, um, you would recommend for people who are thinking about doing this kind of trip, uh, in terms of gear, uh, what they should bring, what they should leave at home? I'll just, I'm looking at this picture of myself, um, in a, in the tent, um, looking fairly chilly. And I will, I want to say I've seen people in like forums question bringing a down jacket. Like I'm doing this in July. Like, do I really need a down jacket? And I think it's a resounding yes. Yes. Like you said, it's Colorado. Mm -hmm. You're above. I mean, the trail averages above 10,000 feet for the entire 550 miles. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would, um, without hesitation, say bring a puffy jacket. Um, Also, I opted for a. I didn't bring a mountain bike helmet because, again, it's this sort of like weight thing, and you're out there for eight hours a day for 11 days. So I brought a road helmet and I was really happy with something light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah after 11 days of wearing the thing, I'm sure that actually you wouldn't actually, you would actually notice the right. weight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the specialized, is it called Prevail? Yeah, the Prevail. Prevail. Yeah. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then um, lastly, we didn't talk about water purification, but um, I had a Katahdin bee free filter, which is really awesome, but they do tend to get slower with use. I don't know if the filter gets clogged or whatever. So I brought backup aqua tabs and I highly recommend those too, especially since you do have to get water from some, um, water sources with lots of cows in yeah, the area. Yeah. And that's just like a tablet you mm-hmm. drop in, yep. shake it up and hope yep. for the best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everything worked in that regard, you know, just some, yeah, you never know. It's still (laughs) only two and a half weeks out. That's a, that's a different, uh, episode of the tech (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Uh, well, Betsy, I'm glad you're back. Uh, and we'll try to keep you from escaping to the woods again. So (laughs) for for at least for uh, like another week or two. Next time you're coming. I would love to. I am, I am down with that plan. I don't know that I could keep up with you. I know I couldn't keep up with you, but uh, I'll be out there way, way behind you, <laughs> waving from back. Um, for those of you listening, if you guys have any questions about Betsy's experience on the Colorado Trail, uh, you are absolutely welcome to reach out to me or to Betsy. My email is dcavalary at velonews.com, and Betsy's is... Welch at velonews.com. And if you have suggestions for a topic you would like me to cover on a future episode of the top po- the, t- p- p- the tech podcast, <laughs> even, uh, I would love to hear it. So please do feel free to reach out to me either by email, as I just said, or you can reach me on Instagram and the Twitter, the Twitterers uh, at Brown Tie Dan. Uh, Betsy, is, is email the only way people can reach you? No, you can find me on, on the gram. Yeah. Um, the Boots Appeal. And you can also stalk me on Strava, although I'm so bummed not all of my days on the CT uploaded. So Strava peeps, if you're listening, can I get those? Like I I recorded it every day, but days five through nine. Oh, so they don't count. They disappear. No. <laughs> Gotta go do them again. Damn, damn right they do. Those were big days yeah, too, so yeah. I'm really curious. But. Yeah. Well, if it's still on your computer, I bet we can, we can find it. We can find it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Velo News Tech Podcast.